Okay, how are selfies deadlier than sharks? And what secrets are found in shark poop? Marianne Long, the Atlantic White Shark Conservancy's education director, has tons of fun shark facts like that, and she's sharing them on this episode of Shark Tales. I'm here with Marianne Long, the education director here at the Atlantic White Shark Conservancy, and we're hanging out on beanbags. How are you feeling over there? I'm feeling great. How are you doing today? I'm feeling good. You are feeling great because you just got engaged. I did just get engaged. It was very exciting. And, you know, you just got engaged, and we like to engage in shark information. Do you like that? Do you like that uh, transition there? That was smooth. <laughs> smooth. That was really smooth. Smooth, now, unlike shark skin, which is very rough. We're, we're well, whipping out the... It depends on which way you feel it. <gasps> Snap. If you go from their nose to the tail, it's pretty smooth. But if you go from the tail to the nose, that's when it gets rough. And because sharks do have scales on them. And this is why we are doing this, to learn shark facts. You're obviously the education director, so you know a lot about sharks. Like, literally, I could be like, give me a shark fact. And you're like, bam, right there. People come in here. They have a certain idea about sharks in their head. And the, the kids, they've seen sharks in the media. But, you know, tell me a little bit about how you're changing public perception of sharks. Absolutely. So we are fortunate that here at our outreach facility, the Chatham Shark Center, you know, we see thousands of people over the course of a season. Um, and there's all sorts of different little things that we've picked up that definitely people are confused about. Um, for instance, we as an organization in the media is often calling these sharks white sharks, but most people know it as a great white shark. So one of the big questions that we get in all of our outreach is people approach us and they say, so is a white shark the same thing as a great white shark? Which they absolutely are. Um, but when you're talking about sharks all the time, specifically great white sharks, kind of drop that great just to have one less word you have to say when you're communicating to the public. Another big one that's been interesting for us to observe is when a family comes in and the different reactions that members of that family have about sharks. So a lot of youth right now are super excited and they're engaged. They want to know more about sharks. There have been some really great children's books and children's TV shows that feature sharks that kids come in and they already know all of these, you know, different facts about sharks, even some really specific things about some of the shark species. And then their parents who grew up at a time when Jaws debuted on the movie screen come in and all they can think about is great white sharks and they're terrified. It's interesting because the kids are excited. They're singing Baby Shark. They're flossing. They're they're doing whatever the Fortnite dance is, and they're they're like sharks, sharks, sharks. The parents are like sharks because that's that that's the nature of sharks is that they're predators to be feared, but also kind of fascinating animals. And so, what's the most surprising fact that a kid said about a shark that you're like, look at this little Einstein? Um, we had one came in and he knew the entire history of the Megalodon shark. He could tell you, you know, dating back how far they were. He knew about how big, um, it was also really interesting because he was able to articulate how everything we know we've learned from their teeth, um, because he knew a shark skeleton is made out of cartilage. And so we have no other record. So even the drawings and everything that we see of Megalodon, that's based on, you know, what we believe to be true, but we really have no idea since there's no actual skeleton frame from the Megalodon, all we have is their jaw. And so especially, you know, the prehistoric ones, they're definitely engaging for kids, but it was really impressive to see this kid just rattling off fact after fact. It's nice to see them excited about something you're excited about, because almost you feel like, uh, I mean, you probably feel like a kid every day, just like learning new things about sharks. We're talking about the pocket shark uh, that just got discovered. Yes. Uh, and it's the second one that's uh, that's been seen. So what's your favorite piece of shark news this summer? Oh. Anything jump out? That's tough. Um... I mean, I'm definitely biased, but I love what's going on here right now with the research in Cape Cod Bay. 
Um, we have had people coming in and asking about activity in the bay for several years now, and this is the first time that the research vessel is actually working in Cape Cod Bay. So when they come in off the water and they're like, we saw 11 sharks out there at one moment, you know, Wayne could spot them all around the boat. It's really exciting to be able to observe, you know, this research taking place for me, truly right in my backyard, and it's research that hasn't taken place before. So to be in on, you know, this groundbreaking stuff and learning it as the team is, is just super exciting. And with the more research you do, the more knowledge we get about these animals. And, you know, they say the more you know, probably the less afraid you are of things because you you understand you were tracking their, their movement patterns and you're trying to learn more about what they're doing in the water. And that must be nice to be able to share that with people and then help them understand them rather than have all these myths and all the... Absolutely. I mean, they say it often that people will fear what they don't understand. So really being able to provide people that understanding and answer their questions. Um, you know, going back to that Jaws piece, I find it interesting since, you know, I grew up here where it was just filmed on Martha's Vineyard. You knew that it was a big mechanical shark. But a lot of people actually don't know that. So then I like to add in that that mechanical shark actually broke down multiple times and was a huge pain in the butt for Steven Spielberg as they were filming it because they were trying to get it to work all the time um, and really break down, you know, what happened when they filmed the movie and remind people it was a movie, um, you know, that we aren't the diet for white sharks. They don't want to eat people. We're not the diet for any shark species. Um, and just giving them that deeper understanding and really explaining to them what is the actual diet of a shark? How do they feed? What are the senses that they have? And, you know, educate people that they have really great senses so that they can find their food source. Have you had a moment where somebody's like, oh, sharks, they're awful. Get them out of here. Then they're like, oh, I understand these animals more. Any situation like that? Um... We have actually had a few parents who have brought in their children because their kids are scared um, in being able to talk with the kids and, you know, then have them get engaged. And, you know, and then they're leaving, they want to know more. And so they're picking up some of the shark books that we carry and everything. Um, that to me is really powerful when we are able to engage those people who come here because they're scared and they want to learn more um, and we're able to really break down what's going on. I mean, it's hard because oftentimes we do have the media playing against us. You know, with I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> you know what? It's all your fault, Rob. No. <laughs> As a member of the media, I humbly apologize. But that's true. Like the way we cover sharks, I mean, because people are just reading a headline, they're seeing a picture, maybe they're not reading all the details and then people just panic. Or they're not taking the story for what it is. Mm. You know, when the headline is shark eats seal off crowded public beach mm -hmm. well you're talking about a predator the shark eating its prey the seal in the ocean where they both live you know sometimes reminding people of that you know it could be like rob eats sandwich in kitchen you know <laughs> and if that's what the headline looks like and that's what's drawing people it's all about like reminding people well yeah rob's a human he needs to eat food you know to get the nutrients he needs to survive he did it in the kitchen, the natural place where a human goes to eat their food. You know, when you break it down and remind people that, you know, what that story is covering is nature. You know, it's right. the wildlife that we have here. Sometimes that really helps. And that can make a difference in reminding them that these are living things. So absolutely, that means that they need to have gas exchange. So they breathe with their gills. They have to consume food and they have to exert waste. You know, sharks poop, just like all living things. I have never seen shark poop. And oh, we I got to it see it like. one day on the water. How was it? It was pretty cool. All of a sudden, the captain who's up top goes, I'm pretty sure that shark just pooped it. Kind of did a little butt wiggle. No. And <laughs> <laughs> now, now, paint a picture for the, for the listeners at home. Is it green? Is it black? Is it 
gray. What is shark? What color is shark poop? It was more of like a brownish green into the water. It was just a quick plume that came out and gross. <laughs> but you know, you asked for me to paint the picture, and I wanted it painted, and now I may may, may regret it because I'm gonna just imagine it's plumes in the ocean of shark poop. But I mean, hey, whales poops. poop in the ocean too. Everybody poops. Everybody poops. You know, that's good. It's actually a great children's book. It is. But the sharks, they do need to be feared in a way because they're predators. But respect is probably the word you'd want to use because obviously they're dangerous in so far as, yes, they can uh, hurt people. And it has happened, but it's so rare. How rare is it that there's a shark attack? It's incredibly rare. I mean, there's all sorts of statistics, you know, looking at you're more likely to die from a snake bite, um, a tick. A mosquito. You know, there are a lot of other things um, that are much more likely to kill you. Um, there's some statistics that show that, you know, especially right now in this day and age, you're more likely to die from taking a selfie than you are from a shark attack. I've seen many stories in the media, <laughs> like uh, people taking selfies and getting hurt. Yeah, yep. it's a real thing. You know, on average around the world, five people die from a shark bite each year. But that's around the entire world. And yet we all fear it. And when these sightings happen and everybody's afraid, like, yes, be, be aware, be cautious. But it, it sounds like it's really overblown. The, the fact is the numbers just aren't there for all the fear. It is. I mean, it's like I said, it's incredibly rare. Um, but you're bringing up a really good point that we do need to generate the awareness because they are a wild animal. And right. what's happening here off our coastline of Massachusetts is that we do have this wild animal coming in to feed off our recreational swimming beaches. Um, so I really believe in the Conservancy's tagline, awareness inspires conservation. You know, we absolutely want people to respect what these animals mean for our local marine environment and that ecosystem. You know, as white sharks are apex predators, they do have a really important role when we look at the marine food web and what the role of apex predators is to help keep things balanced from the top down. Um, but we need people to have an awareness that they are wild animals. They are coming in close to shore. And so if you are going to enter the water, you need to know that there is a risk of having this interaction between wildlife and people um, because it is their environment. So when we enter their environment, we have to know that there's that risk there. So we want to generate the awareness, you know, for that safety reason, but we also want to generate the awareness of what it means to have white sharks in our ecosystem and worse, what it would mean for our ecosystem if we didn't have white sharks right. and how we could really see some negative things start to fall apart in our ocean ecosystem. It just kind of seems like the solution everybody had, the easy solution to a problem. It's like, well, we're sh afraid of sharks in the ocean. Let's just get rid of them all. But, you know, there's an ecosystem. There's a system in place. The fact that we're afraid of something doesn't always mean we have to destroy it. Absolutely. And that is a response from a lot of people, you yeah. know, is and it often comes from that place of fear. You know, they're afraid of it and they don't understand it. And so they do think that we need to get rid of it. Um, but we really want people to understand. I mean, what we have off our coastline right now, it's a conservation success story. Mm -hmm. You know, we actually had science and policymakers work together and with the different acts that protect white sharks at both the state and federal level or looking at the seal populations, they are also protected at both the state and federal level. We are seeing these animals thrive in this environment right now. And, you know, that's success, you know, because we were seeing really low numbers of them. I mean, we had pretty much wiped out the seal population in this area. Right. Um, so to see them come back, it's really exciting. And it also shows that we have this very healthy ocean in our backyard right now. It can sustain these animals. It's allowing their populations to get to where they are now. 
where do you want to see things go now? Like, what's the next step in the conservation efforts? What's the next step with sharks? Where do you want to see things go from here? I mean, I, from my standpoint and what I do, I get really excited with the youth who come in here and are saying, I want to study sharks when I grow up. I want to work on the ocean. Um, because when you look at it, 95% of the world's oceans aren't explored. You know, we talked about how it was only the second time that that pocket shark had been observed. You know, there's so much more that we have to learn and there's so much that hopefully we could take away, you know, from our ocean environment and what's going on there. I think biomimicry, actually looking at how you replicate things found in nature and use them for other ways, um, you know, I think that's such an interesting field and I think that there's a lot that could be learned as we continue to explore and learn more about all these different species of sharks. Um, you know, I also think it's really interesting that we could have some cool opportunities right here. White sharks have never been observed mating. You know, that video of the two sharks when they interacted yes. last week. I mean, what could we see next? Y who knows? You know? Who knows? And that to me is just really exciting. And knowing that there is a very interested population um, who is engaged and is also really aware that unfortunately we do have a lot of things that are threatening our oceans right now. Marine debris is a major issue. Right. But we have this next generation that's already problem solving and thinking about what they can do and is looking at this as I want to have that job one day so I can clean up the ocean. You know, I want to make a difference in that way. Or I want to be the person who is able to first see white sharks when they mate in the wild or see where white sharks are giving birth in the Northwest Atlantic. Um, and I think that the next generation will be able to develop the technology to do those things. But really making sure that we can keep them engaged as yep. they grow up so that they can get there. And that's where I feel like we can really step in is by sharing what's going on and keeping the public engaged and informed. It'll help to create that next generation of Megan Wintons or Dr. Skomals and, you know, get people to have that career one day. If you're, if you're building something, you want it to be carried on because it would be a, a shame if we're all this research happens. Everybody's like, eh, who cares about the ocean? I'm going to play mobile games. Like, no, stop playing Angry Birds. That's actually an old reference, Angry Birds. Like, they're, they're playing cooler games now. I think they are. What is yeah. it? You said it Fortnite. Fortnite. Is that that's the thing the, now. That's the thing now. The ki kids these days, they want to play their Fortnite, but they want to study sharks. So the Gills Club. That's uh, for the, the 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 young girls. Yeah. So the Gills Club is our STEM in initiative that is focused on young girls. Um, unfortunately, in the media, you don't see all the incredible women who are conducting groundbreaking work on sharks. Um, you know, you've got Dr. Lisa Natanson, who is looking at uh, age and growth. You have Dr. Jody Rummer, who's over in Australia, um, who's looking at, um, you know, the way sharks are able to swim and move through the water at different rates. Um, you know, you've got Dr. Brooke Fleming, who's down in New Jersey, who gets to use lasers and robots to study sharks. Like, how cool is that? Very cool. But you don't see or hear about all these women. And unfortunately, a lot of times when we have some of these things on TV, um, it features the men. Mm -hmm. And so for young girls to be able to see, oh, wow, that woman's studying sharks and that's what I want to do. Um, we want to build that connection and really give young girls role models and help them find their way into that career. Because the visual is so important. They can imagine themselves as these scientists, as these researchers, as these strong women. But the more that kids see, the more they understand, uh, it's going to be better for everybody, better for the sharks. Better, better for, for the sharks than it is. <laughs> and, you know, our focus is on young girls to really, as I said, build that connection and give them that role model. But it's important for all young kids to see, both male and female. You know, a lot of uh, this program started to really also connect young girls so that they could see 
that they were getting made fun of and being told sharks are for boys, not for girls, and making them feel singled out. What's and a- that's not cool. So we wanted them yeah. to show that there are actually a lot of young girls who love sharks. Girls of all ages who love sharks. Right. And, and we wanted to bring them together as well to yeah. build that support and that comfortable learning environment and also show them it's okay to be a shark nerd. Yeah. There's a lot of us who are shark nerds. But they're really cool animals. <laughs> you know, like, it's just not, it's not for any, you know, it's not just like boys and girls. It's like, hey, everybody can get, learn a little something about sharks, you know? I mean, there's a lot of sharks out there. Yeah. You know, there's over 400 known species of shark. There lot. is enough shark species to go around. My favorite, what's the, oh my gosh, uh, the, the whale shark? The one with the big mouth? Yeah. Yeah, I like him. Because I consider myself to have a big mouth. I think that's my spirit animal. Is the whale shark? Yeah, he just goes through life, just filter filter feeding, right? Just, yep. Yep. I know a little bit about sharks. You, you do. <laughs> I was actually super in. fortunate, and you've got to do this one day now. Yep. I went to the Philippines, and I went diving with whale sharks. Mm. Um, I sucked through all my oxygen because it was such like a bucket list item for me. I cried. I just underwater? started underwater goggles you cried into up. the ocean. I was crying salty tears, salty in the tears salty ocean. into the ocean because <laughs> I was so beyond happy and thrilled that I was seeing this animal. They really are beautiful. That's they great. are just unlike anything. Did you cry more when uh, you, you were underwater or did you cry more when you got engaged recently? Oh, oh careful with the answer. <laughs> I actually think I cried more um, underneath the water with the whale shark because after I got engaged, I did cry, but then I was so dang excited, I just started jumping up and down and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you can't you can't j- go jump up and down and scream in the ocean because you're you're floating. Exactly. So you know you, you, that 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 you couldn't throw off the buoyancy, you know, with the with the scuba gear. You, you can catch Marianne on Shark Tales. And you can catch her at the Atlantic White Shark Conservancy, teaching the youth, teaching everybody about sharks. Uh, but thank you, everybody, for listening. And Marianne, do you have any passing thoughts or a, a final shark fact for the people at home in your Rolodex of shark facts? Okay. I do believe that it is my life mission to make sure that everyone knows one of the defining characteristics of a shark is that they have to have at least five, but could have up to seven gill slits on either side of their body. So artistically, you often see sharks and they only have three or four gill slits, not a real shark. To be a shark, they have to have at least five and they can have up to seven gill slits on either side. So that is my fact that I hope everyone has. And I hope you all have a jawsome Yay. <laughs> Knowledge is power. Thank you very much. You have a, you know what? We'll, we'll do it at the, at the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Have, have a, a jawsome day. day. Look at that. Thank you for joining in on another episode of Shark Tales. Make sure to subscribe and write us a review on your favorite podcast provider to get new episodes right when they come out. Don't forget to check out our weekly show on YouTube and Instagram and come back for even more exclusive shark features.